you've you've made your point, Kyle. Leave Skinny Gary alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. Episode 32. And there's Kyle in the opener trying to take a run at my boy, Skinny Gary Woodland. He responded nicely. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about playing at Mirfield Village Golf Club for the second week in a row on the PGA Tour as they continue a, you got to call it, relatively successful comeback at this point. Um, let's hope it continues. And it's this week, the Memorial Tournament, presented by Nationwide Jack Golden Bears Tournament. Should be a fun one. All the uh, best and the brightest are out. I believe it's 22 of the top 25 in the world are in the field this week. So this is a very major championship-esque type field and definitely one of the more marquee events on the PGA Tour in any year. So, um, hey, why don't I stop talking and, well, stop talking, but continue on with the DK segment. Here it is. Uh, we are here. We're I'm with, with Kyle Robert. Kyle, how are you? Your thoughts on last week's workday charity? I'm okay. Uh, I'm a little upset at myself. I was uh, in on the Colin Morikawa train when I talked to you last Tuesday, on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and somewhere between our the end of our conversation and uh prior to thursday's start i decided that colin morikawa was going to be a guy that i might get off of um i i don't know if it's the recent form and the miscut that kind of you know kind of gave me enough reason to to kind of go elsewhere uh but he ended up being the guy and uh, obviously didn't you know lead all four rounds but uh, was basically in the lead or right there um, all four rounds. Looked really, really good. Obviously, uh, Victor Hovland looked good, uh, Justin Thomas. But um, I was mad at myself for that, and it, and it, it cost me a pretty penny, um, both betting and, and, and DFS. But, um, you know, other than that, uh, I can't complain. It wasn't a great week, but um, it, was, it was all right. How was it for you? Oh, that's why we invented this week, of course. But um, exactly, you know, I so so one thing I was happy about was a uh, skinny Gary. I think kind of returned to some some level of form. He was also turned out to be the second highest owned guy in last week's uh, Millie Maker contest. Yeah. Um, and Cantley was the highest, and I had both those guys. Now Cantley in so I think the big thing is I had Cantley, Woodland, Matsuyama everywhere. Um, neither, neither of those guys, with the exception of Woodland, kind of lived up to their price. Um, the last day, Cantlay did really well with a nice final round of like seven under. Uh, yep. Him and Rahm did as well. But um, other than that, just didn't kind of show up like you needed him to. And then the mm. big miss for me was uh, Leishman. What what happened to my guy Leish? Uh, that uh, was... Yeah, I had Leishman and I had Justin Rose, and I don't know that it could have gone better, worse for the pair. Like, Justin Rose was an absolute train wreck jump. Leishman was okay and then completely collapsed. Um, yeah, it was th- those were two two huge missteps for me. Yeah, and that was I think at least it happened quick because I think probably by well the first day Rose pretty much shot himself out of the tournament and then I think on the front on Friday Leishman fell apart. So I knew that yep. was uh, that was pretty much over. But uh, just a quick review of kind of the winning lineups on DK. Uh, just talking about, you know, whether you have to set a zillion lineups to compete or not. Let's go for the top guy um, by entering name had one lineup set who, who won the Millie Maker. Yep. The, then the, other than that, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven had just single-digit lineups that finished in the top ten. So once again, I don't think you need to set, you know, a hundred lineups to compete in these contests. You just need to pick six good golfers. Absolutely. You'll, you'll do well. And I think also the lineups all had some sort of combination. Morikawa was an all there. And I think that's been a pretty consistent theme. You usually need the winner, I think, to yep. place high. And then um, it was kind of a, a myriad of Justin Thomas, Morikawa, uh, Victor Hovland combos. And then my buddy Skinny Gary was all over these lineups. So, um, yeah, it was, pr- it was pretty interesting. I had Morikawa nowhere. And like I said, uh, my two big pulls were Matsuyama and Cantley just didn't do enough to help me cash along with the missed cub by Leishman. So, you know, not not a great week uh, in general, but we got this week. We're at the same course. It's the Memorial Tournament presented by Nationwide. Back-to-back weeks at um, the same course is a little odd, but uh, we are living in an odd world, as you know right now. And what are your uh, – any, any big takeaways from this week going in? The one thing I will say is I'm actually playing this – like, I know they're playing the same course, um, but I'm playing it – pretty differently in terms of uh the rough's going to be longer i think it's the course is going to be like putting is going to be like obviously you need to putt well to win but i'm not going to be as heavily focused because the greens are going to be so fast i think it's going to kind of um kind of middle that that difference and and make you know the guys who can't putt as well more interesting this week just because of the the fast greens i think everyone's going to kind of come to the come to the center and, and be on a more even playing field there. Um, so I think you're going to have to be good off the tee. I think uh, obviously being in the fairway is going to be critical. And I think that yep. 150 to 175, 175 to 200, like the, those scoring from there is going to be uh, pivotal this week. And I think the guys that can do that really well uh, are going to be the ones we want to target. Yeah. And when you watched last week a little bit, if you had a guy like, Kepka or um, I mean even even Woodland at times who just kind of snuck in the cut line really um, he had yeah. a birdie he had a birdie probably maybe three of his last like six or five I think holes, he, I think he went eagle birdie on like two of his last three or four um, to to just barely make the cut yeah but he, he was he was struggling um I think he was in a similar group or right behind Brooks maybe and you noticed what happens on this course is there's sand in water around greens everywhere so if you are if you are have some disadvantaged shot off your tee and you had to get got a hit at a long rough or a fairway bunker and you just can't control the distance of the spin that's what killed uh kepka and woodland a lot on some of these holes on days one and two um obviously kepka ended up getting hot on his final nine and almost snuck in himself but that's really the key here um it's that tee to green game you have to have clean looks from the fairway because it's not just about getting yourself scoring chances on the green. If you miss, you're likely going to lose a ton of strokes around the green because it's really challenging for all these yep. guys. Totally. So, um, yeah, and I, I agree. I think they're going to make it um, a little bit tougher because it's it is now officially the Memorial, and it's it's Jack's tournament. I think they're I agree they're going to toughen up a little bit with harder pin placements and uh, different adjustments around the course. Now. Are we ready to start the DK groupings from the bottom? Let's do it. Okay, and just for anyone listening who hasn't before each week, I just kind of throw out a list of names and different prices that I think are kind of the more intriguing names for one reason or another that uh, we all may be thinking about as we're picking and choosing and building our lineups. And then, um, Kyle, I just kind of ask which one of your favorites are, and we kind of talk through each one. So let's start. At the very low point of 6.4K and below, the names I threw out there were Adam Long, Brendan Grace, C.T. Penn, Henrik Norlander, which you won the bet. His ownership percentage last week I thought it was going to be like 15%. It was uh, actually turned out to be 7.78. So a yep. little bump, a little bump, but not as much as I, I really thought. But he also came through. So um, yeah, he's playing really well. Way. Yep, he came through again. Uh, Matthew Neesmith, uh, good first day at minus two then blew up and shot like a 79 on Friday. So he missed the cut, but um, still not playing that really poorly. And then uh, the Memorial captain, David Langmurth, somehow has made seven cuts here and has his one PGA Tour win here in 2015. 
Kyle, which names or maybe another name perhaps jumps out as your favorite in this range? So it's this is an interesting range, Bobby, because I think it's going to be important. Like, obviously, there's I think there's two major kind of lineup builds this week. Either you go really high and, and you're, you know, we'll talk those 10K guys and you try and grab a couple of them. Uh, or you just find yourself settling in, in I think, the more popular range uh, in kind of the eight to nine thousand, eight to ten, like just under ten thousand range, uh, mm-hmm. where there's so many names and so much value. Uh, but I think if you want to do well in these, like you know, the Millie Maker, the big tournaments, I think finding value here is going to be really important. Um, so the names that pop initially, especially uh, of the ones you mentioned. Uh, Brendan Grace, I think, makes a ton of sense. Um, I'm looking at his proximity from 150 to 175. He's 10th. Uh, he's 36th and 175 to 200 at $6,300. I think he, I think he's a little too short of a price, and I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I also like CT Pan a lot. Um, I mean, and, and a lot is relative, right? When we're talking yeah. about down the slow. Uh, yeah, we're, but we're talking he, we're talking this range <laughs> right right i think i think he has the potential and, and can play well enough for four days to really you know reward you for playing him um also could completely explode and and be terrible and miss the cut and uh nobody should be shocked um the other two that i i kind of like and i i mentioned him last week was steve stricker and uh stewart sink and and they're older guys that um I'm 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 not so sure I'm quite as obvi- uh, as optimistic about this week uh, in terms of my stat models in terms of my projections they pop but I worry that with rougher putting surfaces more um, more difficult put- put- putting surfaces that they aren't able to make up as many as many shots as they probably need to um, and even Stricker like looked good for the first couple days, and as the tournament rolled along, ended up falling back and and not finishing as strong as I had hoped. So, um, yeah, I guess th- those are the ones that if you're looking down here, that that kind of intrigue me most. Okay, just yeah, I I, I always um, I think Stricker and Sink too, two kind of those older dudes who aren't very sexy picks. No one really gets excited about them, but. Sink uh, turned into a really nice performance last week if you were on him. And like you said, Stricker, he did his job, made the cut. Wasn't great over the weekend, but um, he got you there. So uh, I think for doing your job for that price. So um, another another little notable on CT Pond uh, over the weekend. And and like you said, he's a very kind of hit or miss guy. Um, But over the weekend, he was fourth in the field in strokes gain approach um, on the Workday Charity Open. So... Uh, that was nice to see, maybe kind of fine-tuning some of his iron play. Maybe if he can continue some hot streaks there, that would could translate over nicely this week as well. I mean, they are at the same course. Yep. So, um, and then I think I agree with Grace, too. His He kind of jumps out as, as far as his name goes. You kind of, it seems a little out of place here. You think he'd maybe be, I don't know, maybe a couple tiers higher, possibly sure. around around the guys like Alex Noren, the guys that I, I think are good. Um, so, yeah, I... I always continue to kind of roll back uh, with my guy, Matthew, Matthew Neesmith, of course. And then um, I think Lingmurth, just from a price yep. perspective, is, is interesting just because, yeah, for whatever reason, look, he won here. Uh, it's probably, it seems like a million years ago, but he's still seven for seven in cuts made. He made it last year again. And for whatever reason, he plays well here. So, um, yeah, interesting play all around there. Um, are you ready to move on to the next group? Well, and I was just going to say a quick note on Lingmurth. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that not a lot of people are going to be on just because we haven't really seen him, like basically mm-hmm. since since way before the shutdown. So uh, I'm I'm on him. I added him. I have him in a, a lineup or two. Um, like you know, I, I think mixing in a couple of these guys when you're when you're digging down here, I think you could hit gold with with a couple of them. It's just uh, a matter of pairing the right ones but yeah i'm i'm with you on ling mirth and uh in terms of ownership he he's less than two percent obviously at, at 6k it's going to be um hard to have him have a ton of ownership but um can be a definite difference maker um in millie makers in big tournaments yeah spending his time right now i think mostly between like the corn fairy tour i think mostly but um yep uh yep he gets to play here probably has an exemption for a while because he did win so uh 
65-67. The names I picked out were Mackenzie Hughes continuing to uh, make cuts. Bern Wiesberger, Troy Merritt, Sebastian Munoz, and Jason Duffner, who's somewhat of a, a coarse horse here. Uh, I'm going to Sebastian Munoz uh, in a big way this week. Um, I, I Last week I was on him. He was obviously frustrating. Um, but if you look at his, his, his effort on Thursday versus Friday, um, yep. he lost 2.87 shots uh, or strokes gained T to green. Um, and on, on Friday, he had a positive 6.69. So something clicked between Thursday and Friday. And obviously he didn't make uh, the weekend, but he went seven over on round one and he went yeah. six under on round two. Um, I, I'm buying that. I'm buying whatever he fixed. I li- Like I said, I liked him last week. Um, and I'm probably going to sound like a broken record, but there there's a few guys that did really bad last week. But for one reason or the other, um, I'm, I'm happy to go back. And, and Munoz is the first one. So, Kyle, we're going to ruin this guy because that's exactly probably my favorite. My favorite play in this range. I have one other one, but... He was the guy, all the reasons you laid out, absolutely. Um, like you said, so completely shot himself out of the round um, or the tournament on Thursday, right? He shot a 79. Yep. You're done. Yep. But he, like you said, came back. He shot the second lowest round on Friday of minus six. Not good enough to get him back in the cut. But one thing I did separate is rounds one and two, he still finished T to green, ranked 22nd in the field. Obviously, a big part of that was Friday's round. But still... Um, it's all he lost so many strokes putting. It was um, it was horrendous. So I, I think I agree for all the reasons that you said, and I kind of expanded them a little bit. Munoz is a guy uh, I, I really look at as a nice building block piece as well. Um, other one in this range, just to kind of make a note of a guy who played really well, who's been playing well the last couple of weeks, and over the weekend uh, was Tita Green. He ranked. I'm sorry, strokes gained approach. He was third. It's Troy Merritt over the weekend uh, for the Workday Charity. So um, just something to figure out there. He's, he's playing really well, played good at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, so he's, he's a good building block piece as well. And then uh, Hughes has been making cuts. He's been serviceable. I like, he's, he's I like really me. Serviceable. I like to feel the burn this weekend, I think. I know uh, he doesn't have a lot of course history, but I think he does a lot well that really fits um fits this track and i think he's popped in some you know what we're talking about i mean it's not a major but in in terms of the field uh we have a major like field with all the big names so he's an he's another guy that i think can compete um especially when you're looking way down in the price range yeah he showed i think last year it was the scottish open he i think won or lost in a playoff um but he's anyway played Played really well in a deep field yep. and uh, a guy who's been really successful on the Euro tour. So probably a lot of people overlooking him because they're just not used to seeing his name, but uh, intriguing for sure in this range. Um, anything to add before we keep moving? Let's keep it going. Keep it going. 6,800 to 7K. We got a bunch of names here because I think there's just a lot of meat on this bone. It is yep. Lonzo Griffin, Max Homa, Christian Zanino. Rafa Cabrera Bayo, Alex Norin, Ryan Moore, Nick Taylor, and Sepp Straka. And Kyle, what I wanted to kind of add on to that was that you're seeing a lot of these probably bigger names or, or more guys that you consider to be better. Their prices are getting pushed down this week because of yeah. how deep the field is. Um, so it's kind of, you see these names, you're like, man, there's a lot of value in some of these prices. What, what are a couple that maybe jump out to you and the guys I just named? Uh, so first, Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Um, it, it hasn't. It wasn't pretty the last time we saw him. But in terms of key stats, uh, in, in terms of 150 to 175, in terms of uh, tee to green, in terms of uh, being comfortable in larger fields, I think he makes a ton of sense. Um, and Bobby, your boy Alex Norin, I think this might be a week. Um, I mentioned to you before that, and I know it hasn't been great, uh, but. But he, I feel like he does better in a course that's tougher, that challenges you more, 
that you have to be in the fairway, that you have to hit your approach shots. Um, and he seems to pop uh, when, when conditions kick up. So I think he could be another guy that if you want a true upside play, uh, you know, could make a ton of sense. Yeah, you know, so he doesn't do good in like the rocket mortgage where he misses the cut or, or whatever tournament I had him in. But he's going to, I think, I think he's, I want him to be as good as I want him to be. I don't know if he wants, it's like, it's like he doesn't want as much as I do. I want it for him. Um, and I've, I've kind of, I, I don't know, now I'm scared. But uh, I do think he is primed to kind of win a PG Tour event. I think he has that type of upside. Uh, so I, I always kind of revert back to certain guys and he, he's one of them for sure. Um, the other guy, too, in this range that I, I wanted to highlight was um, Max Homa, who mm-hmm. missed the cut by a stroke last week. Overall, um, been having a pretty solid season in terms of just making cuts. He's ranked 41st in strokes needs approach uh, on the season. And um, last week, like I said, missed the cut, but in rounds one and two, had a, a 25th ranking in the field of strokes in T to green. Another guy who, like uh, Munoz, who lost a ton of ground with a putter. Um, so I, I think as long as his game was kind of sharp, met Tita Green, maybe he can improve a little bit with his putting this week and, uh, you know, make a cut and maybe do more. He He's a guy who's shown he's proven he can win in big tournaments. He won at Wells Fargo last year, which is a really, uh, really, really usually a deep field. So um, I think he has some good upside for this range and someone who I would be considering, like a Munoz, as one of my favorite uh, kind of building blocks in this range. Yep, yep, I like it a lot. Um, and also, just to mention, kind of Ryan Moore, he was not in last week's field. He is this week. Uh, very solid course history tracker. 12 of yep. 14 in cuts made. 8 yep. top 25s, 3 top 10s. So, um, if that's your thing, and you're a big course history guy, and I think I think here's, it's a little more viable, I would say, Kyle, just because uh, the fields are always super deep. And it's it's kind of Jack's event where they all try to go and play and compete well. So I, I think the experience here is a thing because, like we talked about already, um, getting in certain spots in the fairway to have those advantage on approach, you gotta be really you gotta know all that stuff and be really experienced, um, and, and, and then be able to execute, of course, to um, around the course. So I, I think I think experience is maybe a little more important than I would say maybe for like I don't know a Travelers Championship. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I definitely think so, and, and I'm happy you brought up Ryan Moore because he's a guy that I'm not sure what to do with because in terms of numbers, in terms of popping in models, uh, he is doing it. He is third in 150 to 175 behind Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. Uh, it's a pretty good company. Um, he He's a guy that keeps showing up, you know, T-degree and keeps showing up uh, uh, on approach, and I I don't know how to feel about that. Because uh, I don't really want to play him, but if the numbers are the numbers, um, then he might be a guy that that sneaks in a few lineups this week. Yeah, and the price is just right. You know what I yep. mean? I mean, I yep. think I think on a normal field, um, maybe like a traveler's field, he'd probably be closer to like seventy five hundred. So, um, a nice little discount this week. And I think I'm ready to move on. Anything Let's else? Do it. Maybe a little Nick Taylor or Sepp Straka hot take? I don't know. Uh, nope. I'm avoiding I'm avoiding Straka like the plague. Uh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm all set there. Uh, he's, been, he's been pretty hot. But, I uh, know. But I'm, I'm ready for him to just not. I, I feel like a, a like a, a giant collapse is coming. Cause, and you're wait, waiting for him to turn into Sepp Straka again. Yes. Okay. He's he's going to be a pumpkin, and we're going to have to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. You know, you has got to get off on the right time and get on the right time. And I never no there's a group of guys i just never know which one it is we're gonna we're gonna talk about one soon um all right next range this is 71 to 74 a bunch of guys again uh brendan Steele, harold varner kevin nash shane lowry louis hazen bubba watson harris english matthew wolf and adam hadwin and all i'm gonna say initially is what are we supposed to do with bubba watson uh well so History dictates that he's never missed three cuts in a row. Uh, I don't know that I'll be using him, but he could. I could see him being a guy. I mean, I can look at the the most popular, but uh, I have a strong inclination that he is not going to be uh, targeted this week. 
Um, and he could be a guy that you go, yeah, like right now his calculated ownership is less than 2%. And wow. for, for a player like Bubba Watson, um, that, yeah. feels, that feels low. And obviously people are fading him. Uh, I don't love him this week. But if you're looking for a way to be different with a guy that has tournament winning upside, has won the Masters and has won big tournaments with loaded fields, uh, Bubba's absolutely a way you could look. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of considering the 150 to one Vegas odds as a maybe a maybe a 10, 15 dollars. You know, whatever. Yep. The one thing um, I will say too, Bobby, is it, when it comes to the betting markets, as much as those outrights are, are tempting, uh, the top tens, the top twenties, mm-hmm. uh, are are a great way to to consistently build your bankroll like for a top 10 finish you can get 10 to 1 which granted isn't 150 to 1 but the i the odds of him finishing top 10 are much much higher and mm-hmm. at 10 to 1 your your 15 dollar bet is now 150 back um and and you're feeling you're feeling good and and like last week i would have i would have t- it would have been a bloodbath but i had russell henley i had kevin streelman and i had uh, Victor Hovland, all for you know top tens or top twenties, and ended up making money on the week. So, uh, you, if you're looking to to bet golf, which I think a lot of people are with not much else going on, um, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend if you like somebody, especially with longer odds, uh, to look in the top tens, the top twenties. Even if you still place a bet on the outright, um, you know, give yourself a, a chance to to still make some money on the weekend. Absolutely, um, that, that's a great point. And uh, question for you, then, yeah. just in this range, uh, pick one of these guys, Adam Hadwin or HV3. Whew. Uh, Harold Varner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think I agree, but it's it's close. Yeah. No. Uh, and but I mean, look at the numbers too. We're talking HV3 at 170, Hadwin at 110. Right. Uh, and and I. To me, they're too close to be that big of a difference in terms of prices. So, um, but if we're talking, are we are we gonna, are we ready to pick some names in here? Because I ha- there's two guys that um, I really want to talk. Yeah, go ahead. Brandon Steele. I, I'm going to be overweight on this week. Uh, we'll see how that works out. But I feel like this course sets up really nicely for him. I feel like his play uh, sets up really nicely. I mean, I'm looking obviously. Um, wasn't amazing last week, but six of the travelers, four of the Honda, uh, you know, a couple missed cuts in between, so a, a wide range. But you know, he had uh, he had eight, uh, or he was eighth in in strokes gained tee to green last week, which I think is going to be critical. Uh, mm-hmm. Five, he, he was uh, five point three on approach, uh, you know, and and putting really murdered him. He lost seven and a half strokes last week. Um, and like I said, I think putting is going to be less uh, critical this week. So I think there's a big chance where he he's a guy I've already bet on the outright market at 150. And I think I have a top 10 or top 20 on him as well. So I'm expecting a, a big week from him, which probably means he'll he'll be awful and miss the cut. Um, but that's where I am. Well, we've already done that to Munoz. So we're not, <laughs> let's not do it to steal either. But um, you, you were right, though. He. Uh, he was really sharp on Thursday and Friday and kind of leveled off a little bit on the weekend, but has been a very sharp tee to green in general over probably really since the comeback. So um, that's a good point there. I, I like that. Um, interesting to see Harris English in this tournament. He has never started here. He's had yeah. some really he has some really nice season long statistics right now. Tenth in ball striking, thirty seventh in strokes gains approach, and twenty eighth in strokes gained putting. So. Very nice all-around season for him going so far. Uh, I think he's interesting. We talked about Bubba. Who's um, Hazen? He's one of those guys for me. I just don't know. It, no matter what I do, it doesn't work. But I think my favorite play out of this group would probably be uh, HB3, who I, I just target target as a nice uh, bounce-back candidate uh, after missing last week's cut. I think he's a guy who can just make a ton of birdies and um, really – you know, has the upside to top 25, top 10, maybe even contend. So I like Varner to bounce back here. Uh, been really solid on ball striking, 17th on the season. So, um, yeah, 
that would be my pick. I kind of like uh, I kind of like Kevin Na. I know the back injury is is terrifying, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like if you want a guy with upside, like he could he could withdraw, and it could be on Thursday or Friday, and be really annoying. But I think he's also a guy that has had shown the ability to compete in larger fields. I think his skill set works really well at this course um, and in this price range. If you want uh, a target with upside, uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, and uh, six for eight and cuts made here with uh, two top 25s, one top 10. Uh, he was runner-up in 2014, so pretty solid track record. Um, and just speaking of track records while we're here, uh, Bubba is 10 of 13, and that includes last week and when he missed the cut. Um, so I, I kind of I, I like the differentiation angle that he gives this week. I don't know if I'm going to have enough guts to take it, but... Um, <laughs> I, I maybe maybe I'll just have one bubble lineup just to say I did it because uh, yeah it's just, it's crazy seeing him down here a little bit. You talked about that uh, kind of tournament winning upside. I think man, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So, all right, um, let's now we're just move up to the rest of the field here. It's going to thin out. I picked out a bunch of guys from 7,579 k. Rory Sabatini, Kevin Streamer, Doc Redmond returns this week. Jordan Spieth, Ben On. Mark Leishman, a bunch of missed cuts I just named from last week. Joaquin Neiman, and then Paul Casey is the highest at 7,900. I love this range. There's so much. Uh, I, ben on. I, I love. Uh, I know last week I was on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Sebastian Munoz, four over on the front, not on the first round, killed him, but went four under the next day and got back to even. Uh, Mark Leishman, I'm with you. Like. Upside is definitely there. He killed a lot of people last week, so I think he'll be very easy to go to. And probably my favorite name um, is Kevin And This guy has just been playing some incredible golf, um, and he might be ready to set Straka us, but uh, he was seventh at Workday. He was second at Travelers. Um, he was coming off a couple missed cuts, though, so... Maybe he's ready, but like his tee to green game has been on point. Um, he's been putting really well, which I'm a little worried uh, might come back to kind of, you know, normalize a little bit, which might kill him. Uh, but I think he has a lot of upside. I don't know that I love him to win, uh, but I think he could be in that top 10 conversation come Sunday. Um, and and pay out a big uh, return on on his initial price. Yeah, and I think I think this range will probably be really popular in terms of ownership percentage. Some of the highest guys last week were you know, Neiman, Leishman, Benon. Uh, even I think Jordan Spieth was probably in the ten to fifteen percent range. Um, so yeah, and, and Streelman, you're right, been playing great um, in the in the last few weeks. And not necessarily kind of along the Rory Sabatini lines that people kind of get excited about, but he's just been rock solid um, as far as his return on DFS, or even if you're doing like the top 10 or top 25 betting like you're talking about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Streelman is a great form guy. I think, listen, if I paid 8700 I think it was, for Mark Leishman last week, I I, I feel like I, I owe it to myself to pay 78 I mean, yep. I, I know the... I know the field is deeper. I get it, but he's been really good here. Prior to last week, he was 10 of 11 in cuts made, um, and he, he tied for five when it was the actual Memorial Tournament um, last year. So um, this is somewhere where he just has a has a really solid track record. Um, I love the price, love the floor, love the upside, and uh, I think he was actually in solid position after Thursday. Just something happened on the front nine on Friday where he just. He just kind of shot himself out of the ground, and it happens. I'm not going to really think too much about it, and I'm going to – there's a good chance I'm going to go right back to him. So I think he's probably my favorite play in this range. If I had to go uh, pivot, I've been really high on Doc Redman all season, but at this point I don't know if it even returns value because his price is adjusted, and I think also users have adjusted in a way where his ownership percentage I fully expect to be – it's got to be around 15, maybe even towards the – well, probably 15% I think is about right. So I'll give you a couple nuggets. First on Leishman, uh, this was a guy not only with his DK price, but his outright market uh, has basically doubled. It was 40 last week. It's, it's 70, 75, 80, depending on where you look. 
Um, that being said, ownership in this range, Bobby, is, at least as of now, uh, seems like there's going to be a lot of potential to do really well here. Uh, Leishman's about 6.5%, Ben Ann 7 uh, Jordan Spieth, who we, we once again are kind of overlooking, is, it says 3 but I feel like he'll be he'll be higher just because it's Jordan Spieth. Uh, Streelman right now has the most ownership at 13. Your boy Doc is at 8. Poulter's at 7. Uh, Sabatini's at 6. Like, there's a lot of potential where I think people are either going up to the 8, 9K range or going yeah. way down to, like, you know, high, high 6 is low 7. So I think if you want to, you know, attack the top of the board, and then kind of over jump over some of the fun names in the high eights, um, and and uh, you can get down to kind of the the low to mid sevens. I think you could build some really nice lineups with a lot of uh, kind of different being being different than than a lot of the big uh, a lot of the big lineups, and I think potentially have a, a really nice payday come Sunday. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do this this week with how deep the field is. Like I said, that example with Leishman going from 87 to 78 in one week, where I still don't view him that much differently, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I know his I know his Vegas odds might suggest he's a lot different, but um, I still think he has the upside for a top 10. I still think I could see him winning this tournament. Uh, so if I had to pick between like you know 20 20 25 guys, he'd be in there for uh, the win. So um, let's go to 8K. Let's do it. And I just, this is now the whole range is up there. It is Jason Day, Matt Kuchar, it's Patrick, Sanjay M, Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, Abraham Answer, Gary Woodland, Berger, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Rose. And this, I think, is where you're definitely going to see a big spike in ownership percentages and probably even the next range as well. Yep. What is your maybe top one or two guys in this range? Uh, since I'm a glutton for punishment, I'm going back to Justin Rose this week. Uh, no, no one is going to be on him, um, and I still think he has tournament winning upside. And I'm getting a, a nice, a nicer odds, uh, a nicer DK price. I'm, I think he fits this course so well. I think he does so much that that works really well with with how this tournament's going to be set up. Uh, that I will absolutely do that. Uh, I like Sungjae a lot. I know it hasn't been pretty, but uh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And I know Gary Woodland's going to be a really popular play, uh, one that a lot of people are going to gravitate towards. Um, I will just say he's, he saved a lot of strokes putting last week, um, and his tee to green game, his approach game was not where it needs to be. Um, so if he can fix that and, and putt still decently well, he absolutely can win this tournament. Um, I just I, I have a hard time seeing his putting being that good. Like he was the third best over the weekend um, in terms of strokes gained uh, on the putting surface, um, and with the putting surface being faster, a lot more challenging. I I don't know that he's going to be able to replicate that. Don't you keep doubting my skinny Gary? <laughs> don't keep hey, doubting skinny Gary. Look what I you doubt, did. I doubted him last week, and what happened? Top five. Uh, yeah. So, well. And, and what's funny about that too is, like we kind of talked about, I mean, he was this close to missing cut. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> he really was, but um, like, like something did click over the weekend a little bit. And you're right, it was with the putter um, because he wasn't. He he was up there, I think, around I think in tee to green and approach on the weekend. I think he was in the 15 to 20 range, which isn't bad. But you're right, uh, the putting was kind of where he really took advantage. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can replicate what he did last week. But it's so funny to see from, you know, Thursday morning or sorry, Friday morning to Friday afternoon and then where a guy ends up Sunday. And like I said, top, top five. And you're like, OK, how did that happen? I think he shot I think he shot nine or ten over on the weekend. So, um, yeah, it was a good week for him. Um, I think look, he continues to be. I'm kind of a, a Gary Woodland truther, so I, I he continues to be always my favorite. I still think he's just not priced probably as well. I think he should be in the 9K range. That's my personal opinion. Um, so I, he's going to be continue to be a favorite of mine. And then I was just building a lineup before we got on this call, and 
of course, the last slot ended and I was facing three guys and Tony Finau was one of them. It was just like, here we go. And no matter what, it ends and I just, I have no choice. I feel like I have to play him. Um, and I, sometimes it just, I, he's, he's one of the more, uh, I would say, frustrating guys to own week to week. And But he always has that right, it's like the right price, the right floor, the right upside where I just, I just talk myself into him. I don't know what it is. Yeah, if you if you're going with him and Gary, like uh, thoughts and prayers in advance, my friend. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I I I get it. I I understand the the allure of Tony Finau. I just I can't get there this week. Yeah. Um, how about how about how about sixty five to one Tony Finau? What about what about my weekly bet? Is it going to happen this uh, time? Uh, no, no. But I like him. I'd rather I'd rather look at like a top five. I don't I don't know that he's going to win. And I don't. And if his his first big win is is this tournament. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. True, true story, uh, Kyle. True story. Going back to last season, every time Tony Finau and Tommy Fleetwood are starting in a PGA tournament, I bet them straight up because I'm just convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced they're going to win, and yeah. uh, I, I'm thinking it might be having an effect on it. So, um, I want to make a, a quick note on Ricky Fowler. Um, yep. He is getting back to to where we need him to be. He uh, over the weekend he gained almost three strokes off the tee. Uh, his tee to green game has been looking much much better. And when he was struggling so much, it was he was unable to get off the tee. Now he's getting off the tee and he's earning you know saving strokes there. Uh, I think Ricky Fowler is ready to win, um, and he's going to be a guy I think that might get a little overlooked this week just because of all the names that are surrounding him. Um, and I, I like him quite a bit as well. Yeah, and I think um, again, seeing him at 8,800 is a little bit going really, uh, but it's just because of the field and it's the way they do it. I understand it, but I almost think some of these guys, almost to make it more challenging, maybe they should just up a lot of these guys in the next range we're going to talk about. Maybe half of these guys should all be somewhere in the five-figure range, but what do I know? Um, are you ready to move on to that 9K range? Let's do it. Which I love this, and I think uh, we messaged a little bit uh, yesterday, and I was just basically saying, you can fit four of these guys into a lineup and really get away with um, plenty of options that are reasonable left in 6K, and I think that's kind of mostly the approach I'm going to take this week, but I'll get your thoughts on it. It's uh, Look, it's everyone in that range. It's Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Hovland, Matsuyama, Rahm, Xander, Kapka, Woods. Uh, let's start this way. Is, is there anybody in this range that you will just not own? No. I think Webb would be the only guy for me, but even then, like, I, I wouldn't blame anyone who went that way. Uh, I think John Rahm is an absolute steal in this range. 9,300. Um, Tiger Woods, absolutely. I know he's going to be overweight. I know everyone's going to play him, but you know what? I'm playing him too. I think he makes too much sense. I know we haven't seen him for a while, but looked uh, comfortable getting off the tee, looked comfortable in that match. Obviously, it was with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, so <laughs> sure. you, you don't want to take it for too much. But being able to see him swing a golf club just in that moment was was enough for me to get, feel comfortable. Uh, obviously, course history uh, is a guy that dominated this course, uh, so I, I like him a lot, especially at this price. Um and Patrick Cantley uh, played really well on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the defending champ of this tournament. So I think him, especially when you look at kind of the guys that are at him, and, and you know, I'm curious to see his ownership. Uh, but I feel like he's going to be a guy that people might skip over a little bit just because at 9,800. You could either go down and save a few hundred and get to Brooks or Tiger or Rom, or you go up to kind of that 10K range. Yeah, and I, I will not be skipping over him. Um, like like you said, he kind of tried to water through the first three days a little bit. Another guy who just kind of snuck in the cut. I think he actually was on the cut line exactly. Um, mm-hmm. um, but then um, had the second lowest round on Sunday. He managed over the weekend to be second in strokes in tee to green and second in strokes gains approach as well. So um, just one of the sharper players, um, tee to green over the weekend. And again, 
I'm getting him at 9,800, which is maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a thousand less than he was last weekend or something yeah. like that, 500. So, I, you know, one last year, I think he's been probably one of the five or six best players in the world over the last six to eight months. So, yeah, I I, I will not be overlooking him at all. Uh, he's probably my favorite play in this range. The other guy I wanted to um, talk about that I think a lot of people, whether it's straight betting, whether it's DFS, uh, maybe – I, I think he has a big chance to be the highest percentage-owned guy. I'm still not scared of it because I'm probably going to be contributing to that. Is Brooks Kepka? My, uh, he's not somebody that I'm going to. I, okay. There's just, I, I and I, it may kill me. Um, and this is kind of where Brooks excels, and maybe I'm being dumb for overlooking him. Um, but Tiger, I'd rather go to Xander. I'd rather go to Rom. Uh, um, and can't lay like those. Those would be my four, kind of in this range, and then I would consider Brooks versus Hideki versus Victor. And obviously, Brooks has that winning pedigree, that upside. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and you know what, Bobby, it may be dumb because you know we talked uh, the past few weeks, and we'll talk about some of the names. But um, you know, Dustin Johnson, I feel like was in a very similar boat a few weeks ago. Yep. And I told you I loved him for the Travelers. He was also 28 to 1. Uh, goes out and, and dominates. And we we were not seeing that price anymore. That price is gone. That His DK price has, you know, soared. Um, so this could easily be the week where Brooks wins. His Vegas odds go from 28 to 12. Uh, his DK price goes from 9 to, to over 10K every single week. Um, mm-hmm. And we and we miss our window. So you you're probably like it, it, the more I talk about it, the more I think maybe you're you're on the right page. Um, but he's just a guy. As I've been setting lineups, I just haven't gone to this week. So and another thing too, reason why I bring him up, and I think he will be very popular too, is the way he finished his back nine on um, Friday. He actually actually his last ten holes. He shot six under to miss the cut by a stroke and um, came off. And, and I think to one of the reporters kind of mentioned something about how he kind of, in order to kind of get back into FedEx standings and maybe even get into tour championship, he kind of needs to kind of run the table a little bit in terms of making cuts and, you know, finishing high and even winning. So um, he knows he's kind of running out of time and to, to see him play the way he was, on his front nine, which was just kind of, again, treading water. I think he might have been even over par on the front. And then he burned, I think, five of the last six holes to almost make the cut. Seemed like he was really motivated and kind of knows where he's at and has a little bit more sense of urgency, maybe. So I don't know where that was on Thursday in the first front on Friday, but so for whatever reason, something kicked in and uh, he was becoming maybe Brooks Kepka again. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to like go with that, and I, I like that. I think he's probably going to be uh, everywhere for me, and I kind of like the Dustin Johnson comp you gave earlier, where it's just like, listen, um, these guys, they, they, they go up and down all the time, and it's impossible to maintain this superior elite level for you know six months. It just, it's, it's not possible. Only the very best people like, I don't know, Tiger Woods can do that. Uh, when he was in his heyday. So it's very hard. Uh, these guys have ebbs and flows like everybody else. Um, they're just, they're just last, they don't last as long, really. That's what makes them the best. So I, I'm on Kepka this week. And I also kind of wrote about in the post that's going to be drop later in fakepigson.com. In these fields in general, um, I still view, as far as just the winning upside, I don't really view Cantley or anyone else in this range any really differently from the guys in five figures. I don't really, their upside is, is all similar to me. It's the same. Agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I definitely agree with you. Okay. And that's why my question for the next rank, which is all the five figure guys left, there's five of them. It's Bryson, it's JT, Rory, Dustin, and Colin Morikawa. I guess my question is, are you playing any of these guys? This is where I'm starting my lineups, and maybe it's dumb, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think I'm going to find value by starting with two of these guys. I think uh, Dustin Johnson, I'm going with a combination of DJ and Rory or DJ and JT. 
Um, I love Rory this week. I like JT. I think he I think he builds on what he did last week and, and has another really strong tournament. And I like DJ. Uh, obviously had the week off coming in um, off of his win. Um, and I think because of so much uh, attempting pricing at not in the 9K and the high 8K with guys that can win tournaments, I think the 10K range might maybe people have one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think going with two is going to be something that a lot, not a lot of people are going to end up doing, um, and and is kind of the way I'm going to be attacking tournaments this week. Yeah, look at last week, it was um, the combo of JT, the five figure guy, and Morikawa was really what started with and ended with cashing, right? I mean, that was all those winning lines we talked about in the Millie Maker all had some form of a JT five figure guy, and then. Probably Morikawa and Hovland as their 9K range guys. I think Hovland was in the 9K range last week. So, um, yeah, I I probably will not, but I agree with your point that the ownership percentages, I think, are going to be way higher for guys in the 9K range because um, I think they will be. Because, like I said before, I think you can build lineups with four of them, really, and get away with it. Yeah, totally agree. Um. So we have made it, I think, anything to add about the five-figure guys or just a- anything in general before I reveal my winning lineup. I'm really curious to see what Colin Morikawa's ownership is just because he, yes, he is coming off the win. But a lot of times I think people are, are, aren't really interested in potentially going back to that. Um, at 10K, you, he's going to have to be kind of in that top couple uh, spots. Um and when you can save money, but to go to Cantlay or to go to Rom or go to Brooks, or you can spend a little bit more and get DJ or Rory. I'm really curious what that looks like. And I don't know what people are going to do with Bryson because Bryson has been incredible. And I feel, I feel like I'm going to be dumb kind of not paying attention to him again. Uh, but he's the most expensive. And I feel like the difference between him and JT and Rory um, is basically nothing um so i why am i gonna spend more just to get a guy that i think is basically the same well here's what i would say first let me talk about morikawa a little bit because that was interesting um because i thought after saturday morikawa as well as he played in the first two rounds was unbelievable um on saturday when jt kind of overtook him i thought he's done um, and then even on Sunday, when JT got out, to, I think, to a three-shot lead, I thought, he's done. And he was not done. So I think it was really – it's just really impressive to see, again, someone – it seems like we see this almost every week, but someone that young um, kind of handled that situation in, in that type of tournament and not kind of shy away from it and kind of – after kind of a, a rough Saturday to come back and outplay JT – uh, that was really impressive. So I, as much as I thought, you know, as much as I doubted him then, I, I'm not going to really be surprised by anything he does, even though I probably will kind of stay away from this week because of how difficult it is to follow up. I guess nothing would surprise me at this point with him. Um, and then going on to Bryson. So this isn't the Rocket Mortgage. And um, I don't want to disparage his efforts and how he's what he's been able to do because it has been really impressive but there was a few times when he was pumping those drives off the rocket mortgage where they were big time trouble if that was here uh, yep. he was he was not going to be able to recover um and yep. so and so it's, it, it, if he does that here and misses a, a you know two or three left or right he's going to lose strokes he's not going to be able to par those holes so um, totally agree I, and I, I don't know, Kyle, I was to see him have the best Vegas odds over, like, you know, Rory's and dozens. I was kind of like, wow, really? And so I I this is just a, a deeper field. It's a different course. It's a much higher standard level PGA course. And um, I, I am very interested to see him. I still think he has a very high floor. I think he'll be in the mix and everything. But um, I don't I don't know that I would have this same exact expectations for him in this field in this course but it hey it as always with bryson whether you like him or hate him he's interesting yep yep no and and that is my concern i want to see how consistent he can be with this driver because like you mentioned with the rocket mortgage though those especially with they're growing out the green or the the rough this week 
if he ends up in the rough, like you said, those are bogeys instead of birdies or, or bogeys instead of pars. Um, and, and that's going to be the difference between him winning and him being, even if it's eighth or 10th or whatever, um, it's just, you're not going to get paid back on that price tag. No, no. And, um, and his iron play too, it's still, he still seems like he's figuring out the distances. Some of those, some of those at the rocket mortgage, he was just way off when he had really clean looks and he was, you know, things he should have, I think I heard him say that should have been within 10 feet. You can tell he's still kind of, he's still kind of figuring out his shorter irons. Um, so yeah, I, I, either way, it's going to be wildly entertaining to see what he does this week. Um, but okay. I think we've, we've covered everything I, before we uh, get out of here and talk about my Millie maker plan. Um, I did want to mention one guy that I did not throw out in the lower price range groupings. And it was Sam Ryder. Um, over the weekend, he was fourth in Tita Green last week and first on Strokes Gained Approach. So, um, hey, just a really nice weekend. Maybe that can translate over here. He's a really solid price. I think it's around 6500 in that range. So um, another guy to consider as a kind of a dart throw building block. Um Anything to add before the lineup reveal? Uh, no, I'm just ready to hear who who's gonna win. Who's gonna win you a million dollars this week? That's all I want to know. Okay, well, look, I, I I did this thing like we talked about with um with Munoz, you know, we talked about that, and then um a little a little Max Home, you know, there, and then I went. Uh, I think I'm trying to figure out this order. It was Cantlay. I think it was Kapka. And then I think I went, oh, was it Leash? I don't know. What did I do? Or maybe Skinny Gary. <laughs> Skinny Gary. Oh, no, I think it was, uh, well, whatever I did, bottom line was, <laughs> whatever I did, it was right before we got on this call, it was, uh, it ended up, and I was just staring Tony Fina on the face, and I was like, great, here we go. Um, but um, let's just do this one. I'll, I'll do real quick here. Let's go Cantlay. You just tell me how, you know, you tell me how this sounds. Here it is. No, I did it again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Here I did it again. All right. Without an accident. All right. You tell me how this goes wrong. Cantley, Homer, Munoz, Kepka, Ron, and Tony Finau. I I don't know how you lose. That's that's saucy right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess the way it happens is Skinny Gary doesn't putt very well and Tony Finau does Tony Finau things, and and you're looking at a four and six. But uh, I like a lot of that. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not my lineup. So you're not winning the Millie Maker. Uh, the Millie Maker winning lineup will be uh, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. At the top, I'm going Patrick Reed, who I like a lot in a uh, in a kind of bounce back, somewhat bounce of a bounce back. Who he did better than he probably should have last week. Uh, but some of the numbers dictate that he, he will kind of fix some of those things. Uh, Brendan Steele, I'm going to feel the burn with Burn Wiesberger. And uh, Sebast- Sebastian Munoz to roll round it out. Well, I'm glad we both got Munoz in there. We know what that means. So That um, means uh, he is not making the cut. That, that means 79 on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, okay. Well, um, hey, uh, this was uh, fun as always. I think uh, I, I, I always, as always, I think we're going to do great. And uh, good luck to you in all of your endeavors in the, what tournament is this? The Memorial. When I can't the even think Memorial. The, the uh, Memorial. You enjoy it as well. Um, I'm very much looking forward to Thursday. We have some nice groupings on PGA Tour Live. So I will be locked in and uh, ready to roll. Sounds good, Kyle. We'll see you next time. Take care. Munoz all day bet him straight top 25 top 10 DFS everything this train is uh, maybe getting crowded or maybe it's just Kyle and I gonna derail it all by ourselves uh, should be fun either way. And I forgot to mention, follow him on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. 
He just posted uh, his league-winning upside fantasy football 2020 post on Brandon Cooks on fakepigskin.com. Go there, check out all the content. It's all free, including my PGA DFS weekly posts, of course. So very helpful. I usually don't get anything right personally, but the content I think is helpful. So um, yeah, go there. Follow this pod at Sportspod Hookup on the gram and Twitter, and myself uh, at Real Bobby Adcock on both Twitter and the gram. And good luck. Good luck to everyone in this uh, back to back week at Muirfield Village for this memorial tournament presented by Nationwide. We will see you next week.